0: The drugs could turn me into Ellis Cooper, a wild-eyed, chicken-tossing terror. I'm on the phone with Michael, talking big as I drive home from the Oakland airport after meeting Susie Wiley at the anti-aging conference. Occupational hazards, you know. Must have been free samples at the show. Baby syringes. You're already amped, he says. Call me back in a year. We'll see if you're still jolly. Mike is notably ambivalent about my experiment. To his thinking, the substances are creepy and corrupting, and yet he realizes that the story is potentially juicy. But he's decided to humor me, for the time being anyway, and during our phone conversation he lets me enjoy some giddiness over landing a doping guru. Besides, Mike knows me well enough to know that I'll be sufficiently sobered when I take aim with the syringes, morning and night and wipe on the substances. I'm not, at my essence, a free-wheeling guy. I insist that my clean socks be folded instead of balled up, less stress on the elastic. And after three decades I still cook pasta with a timer. So being meticulous about every last aspect of this doping experiment isn't just practical, it's somewhere in my neurotic life script. I soon find flaws with my plan to go on the Wiley Protocol. While I had envisioned Wiley herself guiding me with reassuring precision and professionalism, it turns out she won't be my on-the-ground doping guru. Instead, as with virtually all of her clients, she appoints such duties to Wiley Protocol Providers. Back in Vegas, Wiley had assured me that medical practitioners are given provider status only after understanding the protocol— Its doctor's manual is nearly 400 pages, and consenting to work with one of the dozens of pharmacies across the country that make and distribute her hormone creams. She'd said many of her providers had taken her two-day educational seminar, too. Wiley also guarantees that she and I wouldn't lose touch while I'm on the program. I'm more resigned than reassured. I look through the directory of providers on Wiley's website for a good match. I find, to my mind, some doc-iffy caliber medicos, a physician with a degree from some Hungarian university, a nurse who swears by flower-essence remedies. Wiley had suggested that I work with a Dr. Jasmine Patil, an internist who practices in a coastal town within a couple hours of my Oakland home. I call and make an appointment. In mid-January 2008, I pull up to an office complex consisting of one-story, weathered wood buildings that look like grounded tree houses and are dotted across a generous parking lot. There are a lot of empty spaces and no signs of life. When I walk inside one of the buildings, my eyes have to adjust to a dark space. A skylight in the open interior, which features doors at the far end that presumably lead to offices and examination rooms funnels sunshine onto reading materials like Life Extension magazine. I check in at a desk with a young office administrative type who wears the kind of flowery, hand-stitched blouse I'd last seen on concert goers at Grateful Dead shows in the early 1980s. I half expect her to break into Shakedown Street. Instead, she's efficient and asks me to have a seat and help myself to the reading material. Minutes later, a door opens and a small woman moves toward me with the sturdy stride of a beat cop. She extends her hand to shake mine. Andrew? Dr. Patil barely introduces herself before turning around to lead me into an examination room. I'm intrigued. There's the business-like heel-toe stride. Thick, dark hair rests on her shoulders with the smooth perfection of a holiday tablecloth. She wears black... Knit pressed slacks and a matching vest. Patil, an East Indian with eyebrows that are as straight and defined as a bottom line, looks more like an Ernst Young executive than a doctor. We enter and sit down in a surprisingly welcoming room. It's paneled in decorative, rough-sawn wood. Gathered, dried branches lean just so in a vase. I relax for a sec.